Hello, welcome to Don't Call Me Exotic. I'm O-N-E-O. I'm a DJ, radio presenter, and promoter. This is the podcast where I invite people in the creative field to come talk to me about diversity, culture, personal experiences of racism, both in life and in their careers. This is the last episode of season two, which I can't quite believe. So I'd just like to take a moment to thank everyone that's been tuning in. There is definitely more to come. I'd like to also welcome my next guest, my first ever Korean guest, rapper PM Wu. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Annyeong. Annyeong, Annyeong. This is really special because this is my first Korean guest. Okay, but yeah, that's true. I had to think back on all the guests. I was like, yeah, this is my first Korean guest. It is, it is. Sometimes, like, we might change the, I might change the language to Korean and a little bit halfway through. It's like your music. But anyway, can you please introduce yourself and a little bit about your background as well? Okay. Um, hello, guys. My name is Pian Wu. I'm a British-Korean artist and uh, I'm based in uh, Southwest New Morden, a.k.a. Koreatown. <laughs> the best Korean barbecue, the best Korean food in London, in Europe. That's where I'm representing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I think that's it. Yeah, K-Town yeah. Poppy, that's you. <laughs> I saw your TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I added uh, you, but I didn't get an ad back. Oh, wait, 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 cool. wait. What? Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Did you grow up here? Like, what's your... My you... background? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, so I was born in Korea. And I had I was in Korea, living in Korea until I was like, what? year five or year four something like that mm-hmm. and then i moved here when i was yeah i moved here around in 2007 uh, with my family due to like my family's business or whatever the situation it was and then later on i was supposed to go back after four years but then i was like nah i'm not gonna go back to korea really it's a, it's a whole you know the whole exams and everything once you got the whole education there like It wasn't it for me. So I decided to like practice my ass off on piano and uh, managed to get myself into a very privileged situation, going Mm -hmm. to like a music boarding school or whatnot. And then from then onwards, got my citizenship and then went to uni for Bachelor of Music and that. Wow. Yeah. How did you um, get into... Because you're making mm. hip-hop, mm. drill. Yes. Well, so how yeah. did you get into that? How did I get into that? Because okay. <laughs> it's not piano. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so I think I'm still in the way of studying of how to make all that to get my experience all together to make it of my own. I'm still on the journey of doing so. So I can't exactly answer that question, but you know. Do you find it almost a hindrance in your like figuring out your identity as a musician and as a person or do you find it as like a positive thing to have you know access to all these different cultures i used to not like the fact that i played piano why well because we had to like let's be real (laughs) but you didn't (laughs) like like processing every day for an hour oh yo 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 i actually have ptsd from like my teacher because she was really strict don't get me wrong she was so nice Sorry, Mrs. Tweedy. But basically, I used to just practice the day before. Like, oh, I never yeah. practice, like, every day, like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But I would just wing it every mm, time. Yeah. yeah, and then so I have, like, PTSD from, like, the stress I would go when I'd go to the lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can see why you didn't like it. No, <laughs> I no, didn't no, like no. it either. Yo, yo, you know the Korean piano teachers live in Korea, yeah? Oh, God. They move different. I'm telling you, they move different. When I was younger, like, when I was, like, year three or something like that, little kid yeah. little kid bear in mind and I was like I was not too bad on the yeah. keyboard I was dancing about and doing what I do 
But then, because he's, she was such a perfectionist, at one point, she took the book out and she threw it on the ground and, like, never played the piano again. To, like, a six-year-old? Ah, oh, like, yeah, seven, seven, eight-year-old, basically. <laughs> That's just so intense. Like, chill out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was my PTSD, I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I remember visiting... So I was born in Seoul, mm. and then when I was six, moved to Toronto... But I've been back since to visit my extended family and stuff like that. And mm. I just remember one day we were out for dinner and then came home. And I must have been like 13, 14. So still quite young. Yeah. But I remember seeing these ve- like school buses with tiny children who go to Hagwon, which is yeah. just like school Extra after school. Yeah. So they go to school all day and then they go to school all night, all night and yeah. then get driven home at like 11, 11, yeah. 11 12 at yeah. night. And so is that kind of what you were mentioning about the whole education system? In Korea? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it gets even worse once you become like a high schooler. It's I've only, seen, it only gets worse. Do you know worse. what? <laughs> I think I've seen like a Vice documentary about it. Yeah. About how they go to school and then they go to school after. And it yeah. just like gets even worse. Korea has the highest teenage suicidal rate in the world because of the, all the pressures that they get. Yeah. Uh, from getting to you know getting to the good university, getting the right job, and doing all of that. And then, I mean, like, look at me now. Like, do I look like you know <laughs> I wanted to go and go that same path? No, I had an option, which was a blessing. Yeah. And I had the skill set. At the end of the day, allow me to not get back into that educational system, which is ironic because like it was that same Korean educational system that allowed me to get that skill set. Yeah. To which get is- away with it. <laughs> So you kind of had yeah. best of both worlds but you mm. like you said you had the choice to do that yeah. and i felt the same way part of the reason why i mean because of oh god how deep do we want to go but <laughs> basically my parents because of the at the time mm. they thought you know the political conflicts between north and south korea they were mm. just like fuck this and they were like we're and i think when we moved it was in the 90s and they I think I asked my parents, why did you choose Canada? Like, Mm. I love that we moved to Canada now. But when I was growing up, I was like, why didn't you move to New York? Like, that's so much cooler. Like, fucking dickhead. But I think one of the reasons was like, the UN said it was like one of the top safest Mm. and best countries to go to. Mm. And so we went there and my parents were saying that they wanted to get us out of that schooling system and wanted us to be able to have freedom and pursue um, creative Mm. outlets and stuff like that how does your family deal with you being i mean i'm laughing Mm. and not that it's funny Mm. but like the thought of korean parents Mm. like the typical the typical korean parents having a son that's yeah a rapper yeah (laughs) they're like we made you piano for x amount of years and he's a fucking rapper (laughs) Like, that's why I'm laughing. It's not funny, but now, like... Now, no, you, now you, know you said it mean? like that. Yeah. I hear it. They're I hear just like, you. oh my God, the amount of money. But anyway, so no, how, do they, true. It's how true. do they feel about that? Very true. Unfortunately, my father wasn't exactly around my life okay. uh, after he left UK. And uh, so he doesn't really have much to say. I think for me, I never exactly wanted to become a classical pianist. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm good at doing what I... Uh, like, I'm, I'm good at playing piano. Cool. I've been trained my entire life to do that. It'd be ridiculous if I'm bad at it. But the only reason why I've done piano up to this degree was because I was able to get scholarship. Okay. So that was kind of like... So that way I can help my family out. Mm-hmm. And being the child that I was, there's an option if you grow up in, in London, not very, you know 
privileged background in a way. There are peoples around me, like my some of my brethren, like they go and do what they do as a team to get their money, and then well, some of them maybe get the job or whatever. I wanted to do both in a way, but I told myself, my no, my mom told me that you know the best way that you can help the family is to play, practice your piano, and mm. maintain that scholarship. Yeah, because at the end of the day, that's the one that helps you, and then it only. Only things that you do is like you learn and level up your skill set. Yeah, to the point that I went to the university and then also got the scholarships there. So you know it all helped out in a way. And then after I was kind of done with it, well, my third year, I was like, you know what, I can't live like this for the rest of my life. I need to sort myself out. I need to do what I want to do within this timeline that I live in, which is in my twenties, like. There's so many possibility of the things that I know that I can venture around, do whatever, and I can still get away with it because I still have this time and I was thinking for myself for once, and hence the reason why I started rapping and making music. And your mom loves it? Nah, <laughs> she hates it. Of course, like she, she doesn't. You know, whenever I make new music, I go up to her and like, "Hey, mom, like I made this. It's about this. Uh, the song's about this." And then he's like. Oh, I can't understand. You're talking too fast. Yeah. You know, doing all of that, and uh, she doesn't really rate it. But nowadays, she really likes it. She really supports it. Like, yeah, yeah. She really, she's very supportive now. That's nice. She, like... she finally sees the vision. Mm. Like, yeah. I know you speak the same language. I also speak Korean to my parents as mm-hmm. well. But there is still a language barrier. Like, even though we're mm. speaking in Korean, like if I'm showing them what I'm doing, or mm. there's a language and cultural. Yeah. Barrier for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, they're first generation, right? We're second generation. Mm-mm. No, I would call myself one point five generation. No, you're first generation. Oh, do you know what? It it it's complicated because we like you were born in Korea, right? Mm. And raised in Korea in certain time for s- until six. Until six. All right, cool. So you do have like a certain things that you know about the Korean culture as much as I do, if I'm not wrong. But then that's only the basis of it. You your whole life. Your whole culture, that your whole knowledge and your whole philosophy of your life is not is influenced by the Korean culture, but it's more to do with the Western culture. Yeah. So, it, we're not exactly even like first generation, nor the second generation who was like kind of born with the whole thing. And so, I would just call myself one point five. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been back to Korea a few times now. Mm, no, I went. I went to Korea one time. Went back to Korea one time last year during the pandemic. That was the first time. That was my first time living there. How long did you go for it? A whole year, if I'm not wrong. Oh my god! I know. How did? How was that? To tell you the truth, I went to Korea to uh, quit music. Quit. Quit music and joined the uh, joined the military. Okay. Because you know. Yeah. So for yeah. people who don't, uh, who aren't aware. There's a mandatory military service in mandatory South Korea. Mandatory military service, yes. So if you're between the ages of I think 18 and 28, you have to. Is it two years? Yeah, you got to do one and a half years or two. Yeah. yeah, that every not not women but men have to do, yeah. and it's really tricky with citizenship as well because yeah. they can revoke it mm. if you have dual citizenship or multiple citizenships. They'll revoke your Korean one if you decide to not do it. Yep. And then it gets. I think with my dad, even he had to give up his citizenship, even though he's done the service. Yeah. And then he's had to apply for visas in order mm-hmm. to work there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really complicated. It's very complicated. So that's what you were gonna do. You were gonna quit, and. Uh, you know, all after the pandemic and everything, I was. You know, do you remember me back in the day with the whole blue hair and everything? 
<laughs> I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, I was, uh, I was going through a lot of things at the time, and I just look at myself in the mirror and then just thought, yo, like, this is not the person that I am. Like, what? Like, who is this person? Like, in the mirror, like, I don't know who this is. And then went super low, and then shaved all my head off, and then three days later, it's like the world is in pandemic. And then I was like, in a way, I was like, all right, cool. This is the best time for me to like restart anything, if not. So I start to like work out and do everything. And then one of my friends said he was gonna join the army, and then he asked me if I want to join him as well. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it, let's just go. Yeah. Got myself to a one-way to ticket to. So you Korea went to do the to do the whole thing, but then three days before my boot camp, they <gasps> called in and said that. Do you have a dual passport? It's like yes, I do. But did you? When did you get your British citizenship? Like when you're under eighteen or over eighteen? Under eighteen. Well, like technically, you're not Korean, so you、What? can't you can't join the army. And even though if you join the army after you come back, you still have to choose either one or another. So oh my god! So you had to give give it up. I have to give up my Korean passport. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, it's the same situation with your dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I should have asked him more about it, but I just、mm. know that when he went back, he had to apply for visas, and I was、yeah. like, "Look at your face, like you're Korean." I, I know, right? It's so it's so ridiculous the fact that I am Korean, but I need to get a visa to go to my motherland is ridiculous. So I I can only assume that that creates a bit of distance already with your relationship with Korea. In a way, it is, but in a way that I, it is what it is. At the end of the day, just that's just how the system works. At the end of the day, so we just have to go with the whole everything. But you know, I got myself a visa,、yeah. and I'm going to Korea next week. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So you had to give it up. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I so, wanted to keep my Korean passport, but you know. I guess you didn't have to do the military service. Yeah.、Though. In a way, it's a blessing in disguise because during the whole process of me staying in Korea, I、yeah. met the wonderful, loveliest people in Korea in the music scene.、Uh, I understood a lot about the Korean underground music scene. Shout out to Seoul Community Radio,、mm. it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.、Uh, these are the dons that. What they basically do is it's like an internet radio, pirate radio station.、Mm. What's in UK,、mm-hmm. but then they took it to Korea. They have the. DJs from different genre, different underground section of the the Korea, come every weekend, every week. Have you performed out there? Oh yeah, well in in Korea,、yeah. Seoul Community Radio. In the Seoul. Oh right, uh, <coughs> Seoul. 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 Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> in Seoul, like I was the、uh, Seoul Community Radio hype man. Oh my god. I was so basically. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> Basically, the guy, the one of the owners、uh, there, his name is Richie. He's like a garage MC.、Mm. And then when we get, you know, one too many to drink, we go into the booth and then we just freestyle <laughs> back to back until、yeah. like three a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And the next thing that I realized was that I was just freestyling for Soul Community Radio and doing this and doing that. But, but I spend majority of my time in SCR. So I didn't exactly venture around、mm. like different venues in Seoul. Yeah,、uh, went to Soap a few times. Yeah, how was yeah. that?、Oh. This is what I mean. So I was so excited for that set because,、mm. as a DJ, what people who are not Southeast Asian、mm. must experience when they DJ is that connection culturally with、mm. their audience. And one of my goals in my life as a DJ and as a person is to have. 
a gig and feel that connection with the room Mm-mm-mm. i've never experienced that which is so sad to me oh, right. because there's always that one layer missing i feel like because just even going to big up eastern margins like their mm. events and stuff i already feel like even if i'm not performing or whatever i already feel like such a general connection with everyone in that yeah. space and i feel like i didn't realize that that was something i was missing from djing as diaspora like mm. i didn't realize that's what i was missing until i started going to these events with a southeast asian space Mm -mm. that i was like damn like i want to fucking dj like right now because i i want to feel that connection Mm -mm. because i've never had it which is why i'm asking you if you've performed in front of a mainly asian audience and like how if if you have like if that was different for you tell you what or even just the energies like in korea you know what's really funny thing is when i was in korea uh, because the itaewon Mm. is like heavily dense uh foreign populations in Seoul. Yeah. So I was hanging with more of a for- foreigners in a way right. than I was with Korean when I was in Korea. Yeah. Uh, which was not a shame because I actually wanted to see the locals there. But obviously I met a few uh, bits and there and everything. I met some great artists and great DJs as well. But for me, I think I performed more to the East and Southeast Asian audience in London. Really? Because than I was in Korea because <laughs> you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it all wrong. I know, like I'm doing no, it all wrong. No, there's no right or wrong. Yeah, but that's but, interesting that you say that. Yeah, because for me, because I'm a Kyopo here, I'm a I'm a British Asian here, and I have a lot of British Asian friends and communities that I know. And then we did a show for celebration of East and Southeast Asian Heritage Month. Mm. Uh, which was in September, and then we did a little show in cargo, and I think that was my first time having seen like a bunch of mm. just Asian kids, and just not just Asian kids, but ki- uh, kids from every ethnicity, mm. just come and vibe, but celebrating like the Asian acts and Asian artists, which was really really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's when I felt like the more connection, even though like they may not understand the th- things that I sing, mm. yeah, or rap. Have you always rapped in English and in Korean? And was that a conscious choice? I started rapping in Korean before I did in uh, before I did in English. So the way that I got myself into hip hop music is actually very um, American. No. Oh. No. Um, I went to Korean church. Okay. As I do. <laughs> I went to church as, too. As a good Asian oh. kid, you go to church with your parents yeah. at one point. And the, one of the kids there, uh, one of my friends at the time, he showed me this like a Korean rapper called Drunken Tiger. Mm. He's like a OG in like a Korean hip hop scene, mm. p- basically pioneer of the Korean hip hop. I would say, it's that. And then I heard his first song, and then it's called Eight Forty Five. It's a song dedicated to his grandmother who passed away, mm. and she passed away on the eight forty-five, and then he's made this whole song about it, and it was very raw feeling. Mm. And bear in mind, I was like a very classical piano kid, <laughs> like I didn't hear any rap music or anything. I yeah. heard like every K-pop bits and there, yeah. a bit of Big Bang or a bit of this and that, maybe like, but never exactly listened to raw, raw yeah, yeah. M- yeah. like hip-hop music and. And when I come across with it, I was like, I was hypnotized with the the way that the energy was going in and the lyrics and everything. 
And then I started digging in into Korean hip hop because I liked listening things in Korean mm. and say things in Korean. Because of at the time, we, I'm going a little sidetrack. There's a lot of Asian hate, I would mm. say. There's a lot of racism that's been yeah. going around growing up. Don't really want to talk about it uh, unless you want to. Uh, but well, this is a podcast about racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm here. I'm here to share everything about it. But I was um, definitely going through all of that. So my first four five years of staying in UK, I refused yeah. to exactly learn English, and really? I was like reading more Korean books or anything or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Going back to that, uh, and then I listened to Akala. That was my first mm. ever British artist. Find no enemy. Yeah. It's very very strong song a uh, very very strong track and then like Wretch 32 eventually I go into whole grind yeah. like you know Gets um, DWE yeah. um, Skepta Stormzy of course and Kano mm. yeah Made From The Manor mm. absolute classic yeah and then I got myself into like a US hip hop after so that was about like whole when ASAP was starting happening yeah. and everything. When like Lil Yadi and Uzi yeah. were starting to like bubble up. <laughs> that was my first experience with like US wow. hip hop. Yeah. Were you ever into like old school hip hop? Like Wu Tan. Yeah, like I, 90s, like, 80s. Yeah, and NF Doom, Wu Tan Clan, mm-hmm. just uh, one of those like well known classics that I listened yeah. to. But never, exa- I don't think I ever like dig myself deep, deep, deep into yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm like hella deep into like Korean old school, mm. Korean hip hop. So yeah, it's it's all a bit weird. My yeah. So d- he was rapping in Korean, Korean. but he was a uh, Korean American. He's Korean American, right. so he say things that I myself can relate to at the time. Mm. Like when it comes down to like like just people just chatting shit about him or being racist to him, something that I kind of like relate myself into to so myself into. You, so that's why you started rapping in English as well. No, it's just as a, a <laughs> nah starting rapping in English. Like is that. I hang out with with my brethren who are not Koreans, but mm. they we all we all have same love for rap mm. and um, you know hip hop music. Eventually, like it just kind of you know you got more comfortable like yeah. rapping in English and then started mixing things and then some of my tracks is just all English and some yeah. of my tracks are like mixed about. So it's kind of all over the place, like yeah. whenever whatever I feel like it. Because a lot of Korean uh. popular music uh. is a lot of it is in English. Yeah, it is. So I think, yeah, that's why I asked the question, like, was it a conscious decision or was it because of the fact that you are here in the UK, mm. you know? So I was just wondering if it, it just kind of came in because of your surroundings or... It, it kind of came in because of my surroundings, yeah. 100%. But, and also at the end of the day, like, I live in UK mm. and I do want to get my name around yeah. in UK. So it makes more sense that I put more English... But that's why, like, like, in my pop- music. like K-pop, it's, it's English because yeah. then they can infiltrate the American Western yeah. market as well. Yeah. But but one thing that I will never lose, like, my Korean when it comes down to my writing. Though. Yeah. I, I, that's where I'm from and that's my heritage. I can't understand your Korean when you're rapping. It's, <laughs> it's really good. It's, I know. I know. If, if, once, you, once you can hear, listen, get your, like, listening, yeah. like, up... Uh, it's really difficult because they rap really fast and the way that they say it is very different from how my, they normally yeah, speak. Yeah, my ears aren't tuned to the... Yeah. It's just for the... It took a while for me to even understand, like, grime when I first moved here. Because oh, it, yeah. it's just the accent and accent stuff. But then is, yeah. when I'm trying to listen to Korean... Like, yeah. even when I was watching Squid Game, mm. I listened to it, obviously, in Korean, but then I was reading it in English, English because yeah. I didn't want to miss anything because I can speak to my family in Korean mm. and we can... 
exchange a few words but it's not really up to par like i i have a really heavy canadian accent i think mm. and also i think rapping is just fast it's very it's faster. fast yeah. <laughs> i think i read somewhere that you because you grew up in new malden which mm. is the korean k town kt3 k town why is it so far away huh it's so far away <laughs> you know what uh, sometimes when you want to come to the you know these very you know, yeah. sacred places. Yeah. It takes a journey. Because it takes, like, because, yeah, it's just, I want to go there and eat. Uh, I want to go there and buy food. Uh, but it's, it's, it's quite yeah. far for oh, me. Yeah. But I think I read that you had said that the Korean-British culture in New Malden is different to the Korean culture. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because there's like a British oh, influence in it. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So New Malden, I say Koreatown, but there's other ethnicity uh, live as well. There are a lot of Sri Lankans live in uh, New Malden as well. Mm. So there's a lot of like cultural like exchanges that mm. happens. And not a lot of North Korean also lives in Korea, uh, in New Malden as well. A lot of North Korean. A lot of North Korean. Okay. A lot. These are biggest populated North Koreans in Europe, if I'm really? not wrong. Because yeah. I get asked all the time, like, which Korea are you from? <sighs> and I always like, I'm just like, shut up. But I didn't actually realize that there were yeah, North Koreans. Yeah, I want to talk about your TikTok. Oh, no. <laughs> K-Town Poppy. Ah. Um, the one that went viral. Yes. You said... Do, do you want to explain that, actually? Which one? <laughs> oh, which one? Um, yeah, the the one where you said the music industry. Exactly, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that if, one. if you want to explain that. So, basically... Um, a lot of people have told me that I will not be able to make it in UK because I rap in Korean. A lot of when I say music executives, like uh, people from the music industry, mm. both from UK and from Korea, really told me that uh, I will I will never make it in here because you know it's, there's a language barrier, this and that, and everything. So British critics, let's just say, they say it because of the whole language barrier. People from Korea was telling me about it because they said that it's going to be very difficult for you because of the language barrier. And mm -hmm. also, if you're making music in Korean, you got to let Koreans know first in order to go oh. global, apparently. Yeah. So you have to almost be accepted there and have like the validation. Well, and that's the like kind of like reality things that they told me about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do you feel about it? I, I agree up to a certain degree. At the end of the day, I want people who understands my lyrics to listen to my music, which is basically Korean or people who understand Korean. But I don't think that doesn't mean that I will never be able to make it in mm. here because, you know, Korean music is Korean culture or whatever is getting popular day by day. And uh, some and of the biggest acts are K-pop acts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like I bring something different to the table that my whole cultural upbringing is from london is from uk however i still hold my root and my heritage and then keep my korean game strong enough to make music about it what would mean more to you success in your eyes from korea or the uk i want to be i want to do both <laughs> is it is it am i greedy to no. say that i want to do both no i think i can do both doesn't really matter at the end of the day like which country it is because we live in the world of internet mm. world of social media yeah yeah and the web 3 is coming very soon so you know metaverse <laughs> well, be aware 
So let's talk about the latest EP that you dropped. Yes. Bird's Eye View. Yes. By the time when you hear this, it should have been out in all platforms. So you have no excuses <laughs> but to go and check it out. So make sure you check it out. Link in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bird's Eye View, literally, I made it straight after I came back from Korea. Mm-hmm. While I was in UK. I was homeless for about a month and a half. So I was like going house by house. I went to my producer's house and then stayed there for like a... 20 days or something and within that 20 days we you made it yeah it was literally we wake up and then we do what we do our day job and everything finish what we do and then come back to studio do it uh, record everything make music until 3am in the morning he goes back to bed I go back to bed in the studio wake up do the same thing over and over 20 days and uh, (laughs) and it happened yeah so what have you got planned for 2022 a lot of shows I'm trying to bring a lot of Korean uh, acts to UK. Trying to take some of the UK acts to Korea. Because since I'm going to go back and forth a lot of times, it's a waste if I don't bring someone who I think is wavy in the in UK scene or in Korea scene or whatever to make that little, I don't know, culture exchange. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I want to do. I really want to do something for the something for the culture and then just getting people connected and i like doing that yeah yeah and obviously more music more music have you been called exotic uh have i have i <laughs> mm, interesting yes in fact i have as a korean man that i live in in western world now mm. is actually very interesting in my whole meeting someone or dating someone yeah yeah because, you know, the whole BTS, uh, going to the Chaho, K-pop and everything, you know, I have encountered many people who are attracted to me or attracted to dons like me because uh, we are Korean. There's a fetishization. In a way, my very first experience was very interesting. I was... Uh, because I didn't know any of this whole situations or whatever. So I met I met a girl, obviously one name, who I was like, what, 17 or nine, 18, something like that. We had like such a good time. And, you know, we had, we were like kissing in the rain type mm. of, you know, a little. <laughs> it's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, basically. And, uh, and at one point, I think in our relationship, I was like, hey, like, just out of curiosity, like, hey, would you have dated me if I was Japanese or Chinese? And guess what she said? What did she say? Nothing. What do you mean she said nothing? She didn't say anything. What was her ethnicity? Oh, she was white. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't say anything. And then later on, we broke up. And the next thing that I realized was that she was dating another Korean guy. And that's when I first knew that there's this whole thing about certain type of individuals have fetishization for Korean, Korean men. Or, yeah, in my case, Korean men. Um... So I was like, ooh, wow. wow. Wow, what a world we live in. <laughs> wow, so how do you navigate dating now? I don't. <laughs> I know of Asian women mm. being fetishized, mm. which happens. Which is which is like a lot of people are aware of the yellow fever and mm. all of that, right? Yeah, but there's not many people speak about the male the male's perspective because right. it does it does exist it, it, it exists dating is difficult dating dating, dating is, difficult. is difficult full stop it, full stop full and stop then, 100% yeah. and then 
I don't know, like, I, I don't think there is that many conversation that happens around about, like... Not publicly. Not publicly, I've, no. I've spoken to a lot of my friends about this. Like, you know the prompts on dating apps? There's, like, prompts that you can add on your profile and then they answer as part of their profile. Oh, wow. You're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no about. idea what you're talking about. So on about. Hinge, okay. oh, on their profile, okay, okay. you can add prompts. So they're, like, questions and then they answer. They're, like, general questions and then oh, they wow. answer to showcase their personality and shit, right? Oh, wow. So I remember when I was on that app, this wasn't just, like, one time, but the ones that I can remember, there was one that was, like, the prompt was, I'm into, and then they have to reply, like, oh. what it is. Or I can't get enough of, or something like that. Okay, okay, okay. And their thing was, all things Asian. Oh, and I was no. like, oh my god. Once you match with someone, the conversation people have... A lot of things that's happened to me, but also to my friends, where people will be like, ooh, I've never... Oh, what would they say? Just horrific things, like referring to women as like, oh, where did my like Lucy Lou go or whatever. And like just stupid dumb shit like that. Okay. For me, I never... I actually never used Hinge. Before. Yeah, I mean, like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard this app called um, Tantan? No. It's like an Asian Tinder. No, I didn't so know. It's, a, it's an app basically like just bunch of asians what's it called tantan 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 yeah tantan. so i i don't really go on to tin well i i don't i don't really see people but i usually go and meet people on tantan if i if i do when, yeah. when i whenever i feel like when i get bored and download yeah. an app because at least i have i see like i link up with like yeah so you don't Asian already girl, feel so yeah. i don't yeah i'm all about irl now in real life yeah oh how's that going um i am single as fuck well. <laughs> <laughs> oh trust me like, it's fine it's honestly like it's, not a priority of mine uh, right now no, it's it fine but um yeah i just can't handle the blatant fetishization, the fetishization yeah I think Asian men receives a lot of like I don't know like it's the other way. It's the I other think. way. Yeah. Like, so women get fetishized and men actually don't receive as much traffic on their profiles. I've yeah, been told. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. In general, wise, yeah. I think that is correct. Yeah. And but then like, <laughs> you're like, I've never had a problem with that. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but then because I'm in that such a niche kind of market, I say. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Like, I I do have. And then because I do like yeah. all shows and type of stuff, sometimes yeah, sometimes yeah, I just have to smile and then just like mm. let it off. And I think that some, and then the more that I experience that type of things, I think it more like oh shit, like is this what girls go through with their everyday life? Like, mm. and then I start to understand how girls really go through because for me, in the case, is that the situation kind of flips out, and for that reason, I suppose when I try to approach the girl that I I like or I fancy of some kind or I think it's cute. Like I trying to approach it in like mm. a non creepy way as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I like yeah, I think every guy should actually in a way experience what creepy approach yeah. feels like in yeah. a way because not many dudes that I know experience what I experience. Yeah. I guess you have had to become hyper aware of the nuances of people's speech and like question why they're interested in stuff like that, yeah. where most men just don't have to. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting topic, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, don't call us exotic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> don't call us exotic. Like, it's like we're like a rare type Pokemon or something. Like you I mean. see them, like oh, and, and then on TikTok, on TikTok, <laughs> you see so like I see so many people fetishizing both Asian men and Asian women. What do you think about this? Like, cause there's a one TikTok like Asian men saying that, oh yeah, you know about this like people fetishizing Asian men. Oh yes, we want that because we haven't been uh, no. wanted in the society. We we want attracted in the society, uh, and then now that people are getting attention, like, oh yeah, we want it. But like, I wanna I wanna hear your views about it. I don't know what it's like to be on that side of mm. not being fetishized, but I don't personally think it's the healthiest way to go that extreme mm. to go from one extreme to another is just shit yeah. and also why i have such an issue with fetishization is that it's dehumanizing we're seen as objects mm. we're not seen as human first and to be desired sexually because i'm fetishized as an object or like their fantasy of mm. what the um, stereotypes of what asian women would be mm. that's not being attracted to me no 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 i'm just a vehicle for their like fucking fantasy, fantasy 100%. so like i don't personally think that is healthy at all uh. and i can't speak for you know being ostracized from society as like not being the attractive kind of mm. i don't know it's so fucked anyway yeah, it, it, it is it so is. i can't understand it in that way and like but to go the other way around like both are shit i don't think it's personally great <laughs> yes i agree with you uh i think for the from from the asian man's perspective is that growing up i wasn't that popular kid whatsoever mm. because you know like i used to wear glasses play piano i you know wear glasses <laughs> no 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 when you when but they're cool glasses when, they're cool glasses. <laughs> no yeah. but i know what you mean you know the you know the older stereotype of, yeah, i tick all yeah, that yeah, boxes yeah. think about it i asian did kumon huh? did you do kumon of course i did kumon <sighs> Shout out to my cool teachers. Listen, I finished high school math by the time I was 14. Yeah. yeah. And look where that's gotten me. <laughs> Fucking making podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts about Don't Call Me Exotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the whole saga was that not being attracted to people like suddenly like yeah. look at you as some sort of like a sex fantasy yeah it's a it's a it's a lot of gap in between yeah. you know there's a lot of gap or to fill in between let's just yeah. be human beings exactly it is what it is but we move through so you know we are like what you said uh we are all human treat each other as a human being uh and don't call me exotic thank you so much for coming on the pod Absolutely um no worries. do you want to drop your socials for everyone oh yeah for those people who no, don't know my social. My name is Pian Wu. It's at P-I-A-N-W-O-O-O. That three O's right there. Three O's, remember that. Yeah, and I think that's it. Yeah. Your TikTok? Yeah. Oh Papi. yeah, TikTok. <laughs> Follow me on TikTok. Uh, at K-Town Papi. Come on. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, Nuna, for inviting me here today. Thank I you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to PM Wu. This was the last episode of season two, but I have so much coming up that I'll be able to share with you soon. To keep updated and to stay in touch, you can check us out at Don't Call Me Exotic Pod and at ONEO on Instagram. You can also send me an email at Don't Call Me Exotic Pod at gmail.com. I'll be back with a few bonus episodes as per usual very soon. Thank you so much for listening to this season. It really means the world. 
Please also make sure you subscribe, follow, and rate this show to keep posted on new episodes. Oh, and make sure you don't call people exotic. Bye.